Hello, and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 260, which we are recording on Thursday, December 16th, 2021. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we have a special guest for our year-end wrap-up. Hi, I'm Robbie, boxy sweater gal on Ravelry. Our awesome moderator from our Ravelry group. She helps us wrap up the year every year, which is always one of the highlights for us. Robbie, what are you wearing? Uh, today, nothing. It's warm. Um, but I do wear hand-knit socks to bed every night. Um, I, a friend of mine mentioned that she wore socks to sleep because she couldn't sleep if her feet were cold. And I tried it, and it works. I, I fall asleep faster and sleep better wearing socks to keep my feet warm, so why not wear hand-knit ones? Um, the other thing, when it's cool enough to wear a sweater, it is typically my... Um, boxy, my Volmeist lace garm one, which is a dark gray. It's the AG47 colorway, which is the color of tarnished silver. I wear the thing so much, it's very, very worn. Um, <laughs> well, well loved. Um, <laughs> yes, well loved. Let's not say worn. Let's say well loved. It's It's got lots of little pills on it. I'm actually at the point where I'm afraid to glean it um, because those pills are often just like single ply type things. <laughs> oh, yeah. With a lace, with a two ply lace weight sweater, um, there isn't a lot of a lot of yarn there to glean. The pills are holding <laughs> it together. <laughs> It still gets worn. Um, I probably need to make another one. I've got a light gray, so I I need to add that to my list of things to consider at some point in the near future. But really, when you consider it, think about, do you ever notice pills on somebody else's sweater when you're out and about in the world? I really do not. I do not. I don't judge somebody else's sweater. So I think we're much harsher on our own clothing than other people would be. And and to be honest, on a lace weight sweater, the pills, even when you have a lot of them, they're not big, like they would be on a worsted weight sweater. They're, they're little pills. There's just right. Of- so not, not noticeable by other eyes, probably. <laughs> and any knitter who would, who would recognize those pills would know that that was a very well loved and well worn sweater. So yes, yeah. Yay for pills in this case. <laughs> So Charlene, what are you wearing? I have been wearing this week my Huhui shawl, which is a shawl by Hohilo Katoe. It is a three color shawl, so it's a fairly good size and shape wise. What is the shape of this one, Gail? It's elongated asymmetric triangle, probably. It's kind like that. of, I don't think it's asymmetrical. I think it's, Let well, me pull one of mine out. Maybe we'll it is. <laughs> There's a name for it. I'm just. Oh, no, it's a crescent. Crescent. That's it. I was trying to remember. It's a crescent. It's a very shallow, very wide crescent. Yeah. And there's yeah, something. Yeah, and the lace is asymmetrical. That's oh, what it yes, is. it is. Because yeah. it's done with short rows. But there is something about the shape of that shawl, the size of that shawl, that is perfect for me. I can wrap it just the way I like to wrap it, which is usually with the bulk of the shawl in the front and then wrapped the ends wrapped around the back and pulled around in the front. Very, A very casual, easy way to wear a 
crescent-shaped shawl. But the size is perfect. The colors, I used a pink, a silver, and a multi-colored blue. The colors are perfect. And boom, I love that one. I keep telling myself I'm going to make another one. So maybe that will be something I make in 20. 22. Ugh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can't stand hearing that already. But I do love the fact that you guys both wrapped up 2021 when with one of your most well-loved and well-worn hand knits. Yeah, and coincidentally, definitely. they were both from Hohe patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. In your favorite colors. <laughs> Gotta love that. Yeah. And what are you wearing, Gail? I'm not wearing it this particular moment, but what I've been wearing a lot lately is my copycat CC beanie, which is a pattern by Emily Ingrid. And I know Charlene has knit one, at least I've knit several. I think this is at least my fourth version of this pattern. And it is the perfect size and fit to not give me a headache. A lot of times my hats will squeeze my head a little too tightly and I'll end up with a headache with this one. Never have a headache when I'm wearing it. And it's a beautiful yarn and color. It's the Miss Babs Madison base. And this was in a box of pretties we received from Eat Sleep Knit. And they picked the colorway Spring Flowers, which is a pink base with lots of speckles and pinks and greens, and it's just gorgeous. So this hat is my new go-to hat. I wear it just about every day when I'm walking the dogs, and it lives in my drawer where I grab all the things before I leave the house. So my keys, my sunglasses, hat kind of thing, and I just love it. I'm really, really happy with this hat, and I'm glad I didn't leave it with my granddaughter who wouldn't wear it. So I almost left it in Spokane. I'm really glad oh. I didn't. <laughs> that would have been a mistake. <laughs> All right. So Robbie, what are you stalking? Uh, very ironically, um, or coincidentally, one of the things I'm stalking are hats to make my niece, Anna, a messy bun hat. And one of the ones I'm seriously considering is the CC's copycat hat. And last weekend, I was on a yarn crawl in Central Florida with several of my knitting friends. And my mission on that yarn crawl was to find yarn to knit a hat in like something in the heavier, you know, heavier weights. Because I really don't have much um, in the way of chunky, Aaron, bulky. Found some gorgeous Emma's yarn, chunky in a medium gray with teal speckles that uh, when I, I sent her a picture of it after I bought it and she approved it. It sounds so pretty. So, and I, so that's what I think I'm going to end up knitting it. And the, that particular hat pattern looks an awful lot like the hat that's the messy bun hat that she's messaged me. That's actually one that's, I guess you can buy the hat, but she knows Aunt Robbie can knit. So why can't Aunt Robbie knit or something? <laughs> Yeah, that's a great pattern to adapt for a messy bun. I've done that mm -hmm. in at least two or three of the versions I've knit, one of which I kept for myself. So it's a great hat for that. And I guess and it's, did you make any notes about um, where you cast off versus doing the full crown? I think there's actually, I'll look for you because someone either put it in their Ravelry notes or she, I think in the pattern, she actually has information in the pattern about where to put the scrunchie instead of continuing your decreases. 
And I actually just used a hair elastic, you know, one of the just elastic ones, not a scrunchie. Cut it in half or cut it so that it was open, wove it through and then tied it closed and put a little tiny bit of super glue on the hair elastic so that it didn't come undone. And that's a perfect end to a messy bun hat. It's the most effective way I've tried so far. Oh, that's that's an interesting. I wouldn't have thought of doing that. I was just thinking I would just bind off and let the yarn do the job. That's what I've done before, but the hair elastic one, it, I don't remember who told me that, but it's a great way to do it. Yeah, I had no idea that those kind of hats had hair elastics in them. Oh, super. And well, the and the other thing I'm stocking is um, a sweater for the indulgent self-indulgent knit along. And what I'm really doing is just reviewing the sweater quantities I have in stash. Um, I actually tag every sweater quantity with SQ so that I know it's a sweater quantity, even, Ooh, if, smart. It, even if it's comprised of like multiple yarns that I'm going to put together. I match those yarns often to one or more patterns that are in my queue. So it's a matter of looking through the yarns and the patterns and deciding what combination that I've considered um, strikes my fancy when it's time to cast on. Based on our wearing conversation, it should probably be my pale gray Volmice lace garn in a um, in, in boxy. And I just realized, I, I said that was a two-ply, and that's actually a six-ply lace, you know, lace weight. Yeah, that sounds right. It has a lot of plies, right? Which, with each of the plies maybe being really two-ply, which means it's really crazy fine. I'll have to look at the construction a little more closely. But so that's probably what I need to do. I'm, and I'm not rushing trying to decide what to cast on. It's just, I'm going to let it kind of simmer for a while and see what percolates up. So, Charlene, what are you stalking? Well... I know Gail and I are both stalking this one because we talked about it early in the week. It is called The Lounger, and it is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli, a new pattern. And to me, this sweater is your basic daytime robe. Love it. <laughs> yep. Which I have to say, post-pandemic, I don't know. Are we post-pandemic? No. Yeah. Pandemic wear. This is pandemic wear then, because this is what I want to wear when I am sitting at home, my daytime robe, so that I can at least say I got out of my nighttime robe in the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> and bonus, you can wear this one out. So this sweater, the lounger, is an open front cardigan with a very generous hood and knit in pockets. It's knit seamless from the top down with raglan sleeves. Totally my kind of easy wearing sweater. This one is knit in worsted weight and Hohi knit hers in yak yarn. And I have some wool that I think will work perfectly. I have to look at the projects and see what other folks have used and see if my yarn is similar, but I think it will work fine. I hope to start that one fairly soon. It might be one of my self-indulgent knit-alongs. Yay! Yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm pondering that one. 
So, and then the second pattern I am stocking is just for humor's sake. It is called, ouch, a somewhat different pin cushion. <laughs> and this one is very funny. It's, it's a soft stuffy of a woman bent over and she's wearing a long skirt. She's got her hair in a bun and she's bent over and the area of her lower back is what is used for the pincushion and she's got this exclamation of shock and surprise on her face. <laughs> so <laughs> you stick her in the lower back with the pins and ouch, yes. So this is a pattern by Gitberg and there are actually 134 projects on Ravelry look at them they're funny everybody's got their own little take on it sometimes the face is more exaggerated sometimes they've put little accessories on her it's very cute very very cute so that is ouch a somewhat different pin cushion <laughs> yes so what are you stocking gail well, you definitely stole my thunder with the laughter. That was top of my list. I am definitely planning that for one of our self-indulgent sweaters. I say our because I know a lot of people are planning sweaters. And time permitting, I might be able to knit more than one for the self-indulgent knit along. We'll see. But this one, like you described, because it's basically a robe you can wear during the day, it is long. So it will take some considerable knitting time, although yeah, with worsted it weight, a, it takes a lot of yarn. Yeah, but with worsted weight, it's a bigger gauge, so it's not like knitting the long summer cardigan, which we both knit. Well, you're still knitting it probably, and that takes longer because it's a finer gauge. Right. But my plan for the lounger is to use Woolmy's lace garn, which Robbie just described, held doubled with a mohair silk lace weight because I want that lofty, open fabric that I've come to love so much in all of my sweaters. And I know I can achieve that replacing those two combined for a worsted weight and knitted at the same gauge, but with those yarns held doubled instead. So I'm really looking forward to swatching that over the next couple of days because the cast on time is getting close for the self-indulgent knit along. And that pattern, as Charlene said is by Hohi Locatelli. It's from The New Interpretations, which is volume eight. And that's the collection that Hohi does with her friend Vera Valimaki, which is also one of our favorite designers. They have a combined, I think, 16 patterns or 12 patterns. I think they choose six words and each of them knit something inspired by that word. So I think there are 12 patterns. And another pattern from that volume that I really want to knit is the Mimi cardigan, which is also by Hohi Locatelli. That one caught my eye immediately in her teaser pictures because she uses a fade that really just called to me. It fades from red to pink, and the pink <laughs> is Madeline Tosh Coquette, which is one uh, of my favorite pinks. Yes, it called to you. <laughs> Absolutely. And she knit this one using two strands of silk mohair held doubled. So it's very lofty. And she achieved that gradient effect because she could vary the two strands held doubled and change when she changed color so that it fades and it's not striped. And it is 
beautiful. The yardage is pretty high because she's holding two yarns doubled, so I don't have anything in stash for that that I'm hoping to use, but you never know what Christmas might bring. So <laughs> that's the Mimi cardigan, and the lounger is an open front cardigan. Mimi does have button closures. I believe it's also a raglan, but it has some really cool almost pleats built into the raglan, so it has poofier sleeves, and it's just really cute. It's not a long sweater. It's more high hip, but really cute. The Mimi Cardigan by Hokey Locatelli. Okay. Robbie, what are you knitting? I'm knitting um, a vanilla sock. I'm going to be adding a fish lips kiss heel to it. When I knit vanilla socks with a fish lips kiss heel, I do a little 12 to 14 stitch wedge before the before starting the heel to give me enough room for my high instep. So that works well for me and it gives me a pretty mindless heel. The yarn is Turtle Pearl Yarns. Uh, she's a Canadian dyer. And the colorway is called Mistletoe Kisses. Yes, I was it's looking very, at the very sock. Nice. Very Christmassy. Yeah. <laughs> Two shades of green, uh, red and white, uh, with red contrast heels, toes, and cuffs. That's a, I bought it as a as a kit. And what I love about Turtle Pearl Yarns is two things. One, she typically does a more complex striping sequence. So this is a medium stripe of kind of a sage green, a thin stripe of red, a wide stripe of dark green, a thin stripe of white, a dark stripe of dark green and then it goes back to red sage green red so it's you know different depths you know so it's not one two three one two three very boring uh, which can be good for some patterns and the all the other nice thing about turtle pearl yarns is that she uh, dyes two matching half skeins so it's very very easy to get perfectly matching socks oh Uh nice Yes, and some people like perfectly matching socks. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's I don't have to have it all the time, but when you're working with self-striping, it is a lot of fun to make them to make them stripe. Yeah, cool. And cool. it's really nice when it's not hard work, so it looks really impressive and you didn't have to <laughs> You know, I wanted to say, Robbie, there are two things that you've mentioned that just I appreciate so much about you. When you were talking about stocking, You were talking about how in your Ravelry queue, you match up your sweater quantities to patterns that you may want to knit with that sweater quantity. Love your organizational skills. I've learned so much from you about organizing over the years. And your attention to detail, you just mentioned how you modify the heel of your socks for your high instep. And I love all the help you've given me and all the other knitters in our Ravelry group over the years on how to modify patterns and how to help with gauge and do things like that. And it's just one of the things I appreciate you about you and had to add that. Oh, thanks. And I I learned it from the generous knitters that are in my local knitting group and on the Yarniacs group. (laughs) Yay for sharing the knowledge. Yep. Though I I did actually learn about that little wedge uh, from the designer, Patty Joy uh, of the Fish Lips Castile. She was hoping to publish another pattern that included a little mini wedge like that. And I decided I needed to incorporate it without waiting for the next pattern. So that that's where, you know, I learned that and it makes a world of difference because I 
making the heel bigger doesn't solve the problem. Then you just have a too big heel, right? Big heel, and it's still pulling across the instep. Yeah. So that was something I, I learned of, you know, from what she said and then weighing it in. And I, I started with fewer, smaller wedges, and I just keep making it bigger till I get it so it, it fits snug but doesn't pull. So let's talk about the other thing I'm knitting. Um, it's Gail's fault. <laughs> Literally, the pattern, the project name in Ravelry is Gail's fault. <laughs> it's my mitered square uh, blanket. I pulled it back out again. I'm. It's a slightly different version than the one you knit that uh, Max now has. I took the pattern as written and actually cast on I, I think so I, I start with the 20 I think I added extra stitches to it so I think ours are slightly different but I I'm using a dark charcoal gray to do the first four garter ridges and then I'm using scraps of different colors for the the rest of the square to fill them in I'm probably about halfway done with it at this point in time yay and then my plan is to actually just, when I get to that size, I think it's right. I'm going to stop and use it for a while and decide if it's the right size before adding on borders to the two sides. And I think I'm just going to add a border that's as wide as the, as the gray mitered borders, as opposed to yeah, adding on another border. And that's, I should be working on the newest mystery gnome by uh, Sarah Shira, but I, which is no, no gnome left unturned, I think is the name of the pattern, but I still haven't cast on. The yarn is caked. She's, the mystery knit along started on December 1st, and I didn't start because I was going away for the weekend and couldn't, knew I wouldn't be able to download clues. And I just, I just haven't gotten started yet. So hopefully in the next day or two, I'll get moving on that because I really want to be working on it with um, the the community, including about six people in my local knitting group that are working on it. Oh, fun. And you'll see them on Saturday, right? I'll see some of them Saturday. And then uh, we still have a couple more meetings over the holiday, over the holidays, because we meet, we meet every Wednesday night, which is a lot of fun. So, and that's basically it. The rest of the stuff that I've been, is, is in hibernation. I've become much more focused with my knitting in the last couple of years. It, it works better for me not to have too many things actively going. Yeah. And Charlene, what are you knitting on? Well, I am still working on my long summer cardigan in the middle of winter, or actually it's still autumn, in the middle of autumn. So I am still working on that one. As I've mentioned previously, I'm just knitting down the body. I haven't knit on that one as much because it's been interrupted by hats. I've been making more C-Train hats and the hat that I was stocking, I think last episode, the troll hat, I cast on for one of those as well. Actually, I finished one last night. It's really cute. And we donated some hats to a local organization just this week. Actually, they got picked up on Tuesday. So I'm done with the donations for this year. and just continuing on with a few hats probably for next year or maybe some for gifts we'll see so hats and long summer cardigan what are you knitting gail 
I'm knitting on my Frank shawl, another Hohe Locatelli <laughs> pattern. Oh my. <laughs> I know. She's one of our favorites, obviously. And this is really fun to knit. It's very simple knitting, so easy for TV or if you're taking any long drives over the holidays and want some car knitting. I modified it to use two colors instead of the four called for in the pattern. And I'm really, really happy with how it's turning out. I finished the first of the three triangles last night, so I saw it in its finished glory. And the way this is knit, you knit the two side triangles first, and then the third triangle joins them together and is the back of the shawl. And the first two are knit separately. You put the stitches on hold, and then you join them on one side to knit down for the center back of the shawl, the third triangle. So it's really interesting and cool construction. And Kara in our group, Third Hobby, she mentioned that she might want to knit a blanket for the self-indulgent knit-along. And she asked me a very smart question. She asked, do I think it would be easy to add a fourth triangle to the shawl to make it a blanket? And absolutely, yes, it would be very easy to do that and turn this into either a square shawl or a blanket. So I thought that was a clever idea for a modification and super simple knitting, really enjoying it. So that's actually literally the only thing I'm knitting because I haven't cast on Olivia's birthday sweater yet. So very focused. I love it. <laughs> I got to try on that sweater at Four Pearls when I was on the yarn crawl. The shawl? The shawl. There was a trunk show at, no, it wasn't at Four Pearls. It was she sells yarn and more. Oh. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was a trunk show. Um, a guy who dies under the uh, the label Beach Bunny Yarns was doing a trunk show, and he had a sample of it. And I asked oh. if I could try it. And it looks like, I mean, it felt like a great thing. It was very easy to toss on. Uh, would be a great travel knit to wear to use as either a blanket where you toss it over the front of you and throw the ends over your shoulders or as a, as a traditional shawl. Nice. Excellent. I'm glad that you said that because I could imagine that it would be nice to wear, but I'm glad to hear that someone I know has actually <laughs> tried it on. Excellent. Yeah. We would like to thank our December sponsor, Lolo Body Care. We're living in a VUCA world, short for volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity, a catch-all for, hey, it's crazy out there. Especially in this season, we tend to cook, clean, work, and take care of others more and more often. Do you remember to honor yourself? How many holiday seasons have you said, I'll never do this again? Or maybe, I'll never knit this again. <laughs> and yet, here you are. Maybe it's time you sank into some radical self-love. Put yourself at the top of your list. Ditch the guilt, or the very least, turn it towards doing something nice for someone else or expressing gratitude for the little things. Lolo Body Care has switched things up this holiday season, made it kinder and easier. They have several new seasonal candle scents, gift bundles for all occasions and budgets, and stellar specials exclusively for Lolo Communique subscribers, their twice-a-month newsletter. 
In January, they continue to surprise as they will roll out their new expanded rewards program. The combination of being a Lolo Communique subscriber and a rewards member gets you into a full plate at an exquisite banquet. Reap the full benefits by signing up for the Lolo newsletter at lolobodycare.com. Don't forget to make your mantra radical self-love. Love that idea, especially this time of the year. Oh, I know I need it because <laughs> I, I'm just been buzzing around taking care of business for things, granted things that have to be done, but it's really hard to take time out for yourself. So thank you, Lolo, for reminding us. Yes. All right. Robbie, what have you finished? Knitting-wise, absolutely nothing recently. <laughs> and that's okay. Exactly. I did make a bunch of gnome project bags for my local knitting group. Um, as I It started out with, um, I wanted to make one, and a friend of mine wanted to make one for her daughter-in-law and herself. And I found some really cute fabric, and I bought some, and there was fabric left over, so I decided to make a few more. And then I needed to go buy more fabric to make enough for everybody rather than just those that were knitting the gnomes this time. Um, so 14 gnome bags later, I think I'm done. Wow. Wow. So you have finished something. Lots of things. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically it. And, and what have you finished recently, Charlene? Well, I've just mentioned that I had had the donation hats that I finished picked up. So I finished three of the C-Train hats that got added to our little pile. There were several local knitters, including Gail, and we all pulled our hats together. And so those are gone. And then I'm also finished. Well, I also finished a version of the troll hat, which is a little pattern a little free pattern available on Ravelry that I stocked last episode it's a baby or toddler or child hat and it comes to a little point like the troll dolls with their hair you may remember the old old school troll dolls and the pattern page shows them knit up in bright colors like the hair so I made one of those very cute and that is it for what I have finished. How about you, Gail? Well, before I start my finishing, I can literally remember the feel of holding a troll doll between my hands and <laughs> spinning it to make its hair do that little pointy thing. I yep. could just, i it's like a visceral memory that I'm having right now. It's so awesome. So those of Love us who, yeah, those of us who, uh, who know what a troll doll is, they're little plastic, yes. tiny dolls that have wild hair. Well, there's actually newer versions, newer movies, new troll movies and such. They're not the same. They're not not the same as the old troll dolls, but it, in general, you get the idea. Yeah, they always revive <laughs> the cool things, don't they? So, of yes, course, there's a new yes. version of troll. <laughs> so, I have finished all of my Christmas gift hats, which is a very good feeling. So, I've knit two Christian hats, one the size for my son-in-law's very large head, and one for the size of my 
grandson, Wesley's very big head, but there are different sized hats. And then the February hat pattern is what I used for Alex and Olivia, my daughter and granddaughter. They're all in Malabrigo Rios in the Paris Nights colorway. So they are four matching, but not completely matchy-matchy hats. And Alex and Olivia's hats will both have pom-poms, little faux fur pom-poms. So super cute. And Alex was ecstatically joyful when she heard I was knitting them four matching hats because she likes her matchy-matchy stuff. So she was very (laughs) excited. And speaking of matchy-matchy, I finished Max's Evangeline mitts. And I knit him a matching hat. I was going to use a specific pattern, but ended up winging it and creating a cabled hat for him using the Evangeline cable. And so I kind of created my own hat pattern and did my own decreases at the top, which turned out pretty cool. And he's already been wearing the mitts. I sent those off to him because he bikes a lot and I wanted his hands to be warm. But I'm saving the hat as a Christmas gift, so he'll have a matchy-matchy set. So all of my Christmas gifts are officially done. Woo-hoo! Ready for self-indulgent. So one of our, one of mine, I shouldn't speak for myself and Charlene, but one of my favorite year-end wrap-ups is hearing about how the Love Your Stash thread and movement is going, which was all started by Robbie. Hi. Yeah, um... This year, I I would say, for the most part, that group has kept its, for the Love Your Stash quarterly challenges, has kept itself going with very little um, input from me. This year, I've been very um, distracted with some stuff going on in my personal life. And I've also picked up quilting, which has me focused on other things during the day. I don't do, I, I do almost no knitting during the day if I'm not actually knitting with people either online or in person, um, which is part of the challenge of starting new projects because that typically requires more focus than keeping something simple going. But the whole the whole thing, the Love Your Stash Challenge was started because I was a bit concerned at the negative people's, negativity people seem to have towards buying new stuff, the guilt that people seem to have about their stash. And it really seems to resurrect itself each year at the beginning of the year. So I just started a a thread challenging people to to look at their stash as the tools that are needed, the resources needed to create. And if it's if your stash isn't working for you to assess it, to see what's working and what's not working and get rid of the things that aren't working for you. So I, it always makes my heart hurt when I hear someone talking about knitting with yarn that they don't like knitting with and they're just knitting it out of an obligation to get it out of their stash. For most of us, knitting is not our job. Um, Right. So if you're not making something, if you don't love the process, there's something wrong with it, in my opinion. It's one thing if you're saying, I'm going to suck it up and do this because I really, really want the finished object. But if you're just doing it out of obligation, it, it, it makes me sad. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's an economics theory called the um, sunk cost fallacy, and it's the idea that people seem to want to continue on something because they've invested in it. They've invested time and or money in something, and so they feel like they need to keep they need to keep going. Businesses get caught in that where they aren't willing to walk away from a project that's failing or or maybe it's a business venture that's failing and they keep pouring money into it rather than saying it's time just to cut our losses and move on. And I feel like people approach their stashes the same way sometimes. So that's part, you know, and that's what I was trying to change, trying to change that culture. And I love it when people talk about the fact that they have nothing in their stash that doesn't bring them joy. That's me. <laughs> and yeah, you know, and Julie Chant when she talks about, you know, she, you know, she loves her stash every day. You know, that that is that is her when she participates in it, that's one of her one of her goals for the quarter is to love her stash every day. Aww. And the to me the the whip cleanup cow kind of was an extension of that. And I did it for me personally very selfishly because I participated in a a whip cleanup cow that was done through um I'm trying to think who it was. It was Jenny Check and Oh Stash and Burn. Stash and Burn. They don't podcast anymore. But somebody in their group um actually had one where anybody who finished more things than she did during the last quarter of the year was entered for prizes for everything above what she finished. So it was really very, a much more competitive focused thing. And it finishing, it was finish or frog. And I got rid of a lot of stuff in the process of doing that. I finished things. I frogged things just because I wasn't happy anymore. And the next year I decided to bring that into the Yarniax group and do it the way I wanted to do it. Nice. It's yeah. morphed. It's morphed over time. Um, it's not just knitting and crocheting. Um, it started with any Ravelry craft, but now it's like basically any fiber-related craft. And it's finish, frog, fix, an FO you're not using for some reason. Oh, love that addition. Give it. A, yeah, give a project that's stalled away. Throw it in the trash can. And it's not to get to clean needles by the end of the year, but it's to make sure that the whips that you still have going are ones that you want to have going, even if they're sitting in a back burner and you're not going to touch them for a couple of years, but they're no longer making you feel guilty just because they are. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So instead of clearing your needles, it's clearing your mental knitting space. You know, and ironically this year, I, I finished the last mystery gnome at the very beginning of the whip cleanup cow. So it was a relatively new whip. Um, I probably won't finish anything else, but I'm working on my blanket again, uh, which is bringing me great joy. And it, it's no longer, it's not about me finishing anything. It's about the group feeling really good about stuff. And I think it was Alex uh, under Dutch skies. She said she had several pairs of socks that needed to be darned. And I said, you know, if you darn those socks during the the knit along, they count as entries for prizes, because you've got an you've got an, an FO that you can no longer wear, and you'll make it wearable again. Right, right. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that too. <laughs> and it's you know people you know changing the sleeve on a sweater, mm-hmm. 
you know, redoing a bind off, all these things that just make things that annoy you and therefore they sit, they sit idle in your closet or drawer, come out and get done as well as finishing something or f that you know, has been lingering too long. And it really encourages people who are hesitant to frog something, but, but they're not happy with it. Um, it really encourages them to take that, that leap and do it. Uh, frog leap. I see what you did there. <laughs> circles back to that concept of that sunk that sunk cost fallacy it's like just yeah. because you're almost done with something doesn't mean you have to finish it if you really don't want the finished object and can't find another purpose for it when it's finished and don't yeah. and don't love it i love that in terms of just encouraging people to take something that they may have previously finished but something irritates them because a lot of knitters have those projects sitting around and a lot of us, including myself, need that support to say, hey, come on, let's undo that bind off and redo that neckline or undo that bind off and redo the hemline, that sort of thing. Because those are the little things that can sit there and nag at you. <laughs> and our Yarny X group is such a great place for camaraderie and cheerleading that you know you're going to get cheered mm -hmm. on. Yeah, yeah. So, and anyone who's a newer listener and doesn't know what the Love Your Stash quarterly thread is, Robbie does it every quarter of the year, and it's basically a place where you can go and make any goal you want for yourself for your stash that quarter. It could be related to your pattern stash, your yarn stash, your knitting that's on the needles, and it's all meant so that you reach a point where you love your stash and you don't have any guilt or negative feelings associated with it. And I participated in the quarterly challenges for probably two years. And now I don't because I achieved my goals. I love my stash. I don't have anything in my stash that's weighing me down, which is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I have to say that because of the times I participated in it as well. I got rid of a lot of things from my stash that I knew I would never use. And when I did that, it freed up a lot of my, I hate to use the word guilt because it's really not appropriate to use guilt for something like yarn, but a lot of people do mm -hmm. feel that way. It drags them down in a negative way. And I found that once I got rid of a lot of items that I knew I wasn't going to use, those negative feelings also went away. And stash is very much a positive thing for me as well, just like Gail said. And there's also the the idea that something that's weighing you down might bring someone else joy. So yes. moving stash out of your own collection into someone else's is also bringing someone else joy, which right. really offsets those <laughs> negative feelings for me. And it's not just a balancing of the scale. It really lifts the scales up much higher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I did have things that I am so happy that somebody else is able to enjoy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and the giving brings joy as well. One of my FOs, I was looking through all of my stuff for Max's benefit recently. And I pulled out a cowl that I knit a really long time ago and didn't wear very much. 
and it had little holes in it. And I was so distraught. I thought, oh no, what am I going to do? And then I thought, well, I don't wear it. So why would I bother fixing it? So I went in our Ravelry group and I said, hey, does anyone want this and want to fix it? And someone said, heck yeah, I want it and I'll fix it. So yeah, I sent it to her and now it has a new home. It's not weighing me wow. down, and I didn't have to fix anything. So that's great. <laughs> it's it was wonderful. Win win win. Yeah. All right. So to wrap it up for the year, it's almost time for the self indulgent knitalog. I'm so excited. Yay. I am so looking forward to just knitting for myself. Don't care if that sounds selfish. I think it's self indulgent. I just. I have a few situations in my life that are associated with having lost people this year and things are coming to an end that are associated with that. And so I'm hoping that self-indulgent will be feeling more self-indulgent for myself as well. Yeah, you'll have the mental room for that, I'm That's, hoping. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping to, because it's been a rough end of the year. Yeah. So I'm hoping, hoping for some self-indulgence. <laughs> and remember, there are no rules for the self-indulgent knit along besides you're doing something with your crafting that feels good. It can be a pattern. It can be a yarn. It can be a particular gift you're making for someone. It does not matter as long as you're indulging yourself in some way. So have fun. It starts on the December equinox, I remembered, and that's on <laughs> December 21st. So it will kick off on the 21st and you can start anytime on the 21st you want, wherever you are in the world. And it will end on the March solstice. No, it starts on the December solstice, ends on the March equinox. March equinox. Yes. And, and that will be Saturday, March 20th. And if the solstice is too soon for you to start. Do not worry if you prefer to start on January 1st. It's your project. It's your own self-indulgence. Start on January 1st or anytime before March 20th. It's up to you. So a lot of people like to do a Christmas Eve cast on or a yeah. January 1st, first day of the year cast on. So whatever works exactly. for you and brings you joy, make it happen. Yes. Yeah, I'm super excited. I've got the lounger ready to be swatched. It's just waiting. I, I told myself I would start my granddaughter's sweater before I indulged in a swatch. So all I have to do is get it on the needles, which will happen today, and then I'll swatch for the lounger and be ready to start on the 21st. And I have everything ready to go for the Ziggy Interrupted Wrap. So Ooh, I did some yarn yay. winding on Saturday and I am ready to... I'm doing a little <laughs> happy dance right here. I'm just ready to go. <laughs> All right. So thank you, everybody, for another wonderful year of the Yarniacs community. Just I'm so grateful for every one of you every day. And thank you so much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. And we will be back mid-January with another episode. We hope you will join us. And happy holidays. Happy New Year, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar.
Gales is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.